<laughs> to get to yeah, now we're going. The, so that, okay, yep, it's episode twenty, right? Yeah. So you were saying you remember the first? It seems like you said it. It, it just I thought I think it flew by. It was just before Christmas, I think that maybe a couple weeks before Christmas or something. Yeah, it was just before Christmas. Yeah. You called me over. I thought we were going to do a sound check or check out your equipment or something. And the next thing I know, you got me in the chair and you got topics. You hit record. Yeah, with <laughs> topics and everything. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I fooled you. Yeah. I knew the only way I could get somebody to do it with me is if I just tricked them, eh? And then I had to trick uh, Kevin the next week too, a little bit. I think he kind of knew what was going on by the, the next week, but and then it was just like he couldn't stop. And yeah. Now it's 20, 20 weeks into it. It's really evolved. Yeah. Over those twenty weeks. Well, it, I, I I think so too. I hate those first episodes. I can't even listen to them anymore because they're they're so they're so bad. You know, I was just so nervous, eh? But anyways now it, now it's 20, 20 weeks in and we've kind of finally got it figured out you think so or we got we, well i think we'll get better as it keeps going it's oh, yeah. getting better why would it stop getting better now right yeah. yeah you're still having fun yeah i'm having a great time and we're gonna have a great time tonight let's cheers it hell yeah we, we get are. started cheers. Cheers. cheers everybody we're gonna do let's do episode 20 i love this song Thanks for coming back again. My fake audience that I love so much. You've cheered for me now for 20 weeks. Actually, I probably didn't have it at the first. I didn't have it at the first episode. No, the technology's really come a long way. Yes. We try improving on it every week. This week, we actually pulled clips, so we're actually even making improvements that way. We're going to see if it works. But it's technology, and technology historically has not been kind to live from the Dutch Hall because there's only one person trying to do everything at once, and I can't juggle plates and listen and and uh, talk and do everything at once. I can do one of them, maybe, and even then, it's still not that good. So, anyway, today, episode 20, we're going to call it the Fred Recap, because we had a big week last week with Fred Eaglesmith in. I thought it was really great that we had a, a guest of his uh, pedigree, or guess, his, uh, someone has established a resume as Fred Eaglesmith, so a lot happened behind the scenes, and, and uh, it's kind of been a source of a lot of conversation around the Dutch Hall over the last few days, so I thought... Why not just, uh, if we're going to truly give people the experience of being a fly on the wall in the Dutch Hall by listening to the show, then we should probably tell them about what we're really talking about here, right? So I invited in uh, three friends today. Uh, I invited in, uh, we'll start from my left, for uh, the, uh, the front man from Crown the Lion, uh, a frequent guest on Live from the Dutch Hall. Might hold the record. I think he does. It's Mike Bowe. Yeah, Welcome, I think I'm Mike. there. Thanks, Pete. Back for another one. I keep trying to eclipse him, but every time I'm here, he's here. It's like a race, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think, what, what is this, five? I'm not sure. You might maybe get a jacket. A you might get a jacket. Or maybe a pin, a pin first, working my way, then maybe a little alarm clock, and then a jacket. <laughs> I think like a, maybe like one of those, like a, like a house coat. Like nice. A, a dressing gown. A or smoking, or no, a smoking, smoking jacket. jacket. Yeah. Smoking jacket. That's beautiful. I would love that. But no pants. You don't wear oh, pants no. with that. No, those are balls at the, coming out the bottom of it. <laughs> Just penny loafers. Yeah, you can wear Well, I, footwear is your, your idea. If you want to wear Birkenstocks. Hey, you, it's, <laughs> it's your rules of the Dutch Hall, and I will abide by them. Yeah. It's glad to be here again. That's for sure. 
Well, next to uh, to his uh, uh, left, it would be, I guess, is uh, the person that booked Red Eagle Smith for me is Mike Ostapchuk. So, Mike, thanks for coming in. That's number three, I think. Or five, four. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. Four. You had, uh, <laughs> you had uh, one that you were the, the guest of honor, and then you, were, you attended Hockey Parents, right? The uh, Hockey Parents yep, episode? I was here for that one. And then uh, you were here last week. Uh, yeah. For Fred Eaglesman, so yeah. you had a, 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 a bird's eye view. You actually filmed that second uh, video that I put up on YouTube, the one of the closing. Yeah, right? that uh, that was a great show. You liked it? Really enjoyed being here for that one. Yeah, well, it was great that you did it. I really do appreciate it because I had a ton of fun with it, and it was really interesting. And to be honest with you, most of what I talked about with Fred during that show, um, like I tried as best I could to be present with all he was saying, but the guy was talking at such a deep level a lot of times. <laughs> Like things were whizzing past me. I was just trying to get my head around one thing, and then the next oh. he come. It, I'm still an, thinking about it. I, I'm a lot my, of the stuff. Yeah, my mind is in a bottle. <laughs> well, that's the thing when I when I really started to think about the show. Like originally, when we talked about doing the show, or when I was, you know, bouncing around the idea of doing Life from the Dutch Hall, um, and I thought about what the heck is it going to be about? Like it had to be about something, and. Uh, then I started thinking, well, maybe I'll get to the show that's about something later on down the road. And for right now, I'm just going to do the show that's just what already occurs in the Dutch Hall. Like, just have interesting people. And I think everyone's interesting, really. Like, that's why, uh, like, you know, I don't, a lot of times I just invite my friends and my family who I think are really interesting people because they have opinions on the issues, what's going on in the world. And what's the difference between what the rooster Dave Charter says <laughs> or what, you know, uh, someone that's got some fame or, or a notoriety for him, like a, Wik, like a Wikipedia guest versus an <laughs> insignificant guest. Right now, today, I think I, I have three insignificant guests <laughs> to join one insignificant host. <laughs> Perfect match. Yeah, it's going to work out great. I think it will be. So we'll introduce the last guy. Uh, he is uh, the, what do you call yourself? The, uh, re- the uh, what do you call I write it? the music. You write the music for Life in the Dutch Hall. It was a big line in Ladies Night. I think Dave got a little... David's head got a little big on ladies' night, but uh, I think he's still riding pretty high from that. Eh? Those girls, little, my head is still a little swollen, actually. <laughs> His smiles from ear yeah. to ear. Those girls were really drunk, Dave, really drunk. <laughs> they don't even remember. Like, they would never say it sober, those things about you. I want to come and bartend the next one. Remember that. <laughs> La- yeah. Ladies' night, too. I need to rest. I've talked about doing those once a month, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm still recovering. I thought it was, a, it was a great episode. Don't get me wrong, but you know, a little piece of me died that day. It was just hard to handle that many women that were that wild, you know? I was all in at Puffy Pussies. <laughs> that was the greatest line. That was yeah. the tagline from that episode. Yeah. Puffy Pussies. And the, yeah, that, that, what was the Jamaica Jamaica one? With the, that was the, oh, the dry vagina. <laughs> That yeah. was great. Yeah. I loved how she, her friend thought she was talking about her in the ladies' night episode. Oh, yeah. You were recapping the story about the dry vagina, and her friend's like, you asshole. She said that. <laughs> I was like, not you. <laughs> oh, man. You get those little gems that you don't yeah. even. And I don't, I don't you were the one that pointed that one out. I missed it completely. Like, yeah. a lot of times I miss these things. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. So for this episode, anyways, I didn't properly introduce Dave. Dave uh, Charters, this is your fourth, fifth. You had, you had the first one, the very inaugural one, which we talked about at the beginning. Then you had Happy Birthday My Charters. Birthday, yeah. And then we, you were also involved with the Dad Show. That's right. I bartended that one. And then you were in uh, then this one. This, this is one, it. yeah. Four. four. So, Mike, you got him beat, I think. I'm winning. Yeah, you are the... Bring it on, guy. Dave. Bring it on. Yeah, so so we... thanks for coming, Dave. Glad to be here. 
Yes. Oh, that's, that's my your stopper. Like that. That's your stopper. Yeah, I love it. So today, I just wanted. There was so much that happened, uh, and uh, last week, and uh, so it was kind of, I think, a kind of a bit of a turning point for the show because not only did we have um, someone I didn't know, it was the first person I had on, on the show that I didn't know. It's also the first person that came with somewhat of a following, and also a person that kind of dedicated himself for a number, like for a number of years, to becoming a, a great artist and. Uh, so it was to me. It was a real thrill to be able to talk to somebody who had that many that wealth of stories to dig into, and it was no disappointment at all, right? Oh, that's for sure. It was a wealth of information. It yeah. was awesome. I felt like you could do several more hour long podcasts with him too, and never hear the same thing twice. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, he's a very deep, deep person. Yeah, going back through the show afterwards now, and you look at you like I've been kind of now extra critical because I'm trying to pull clips to have a recap show. And, uh, and you're like, I missed it. You know, like he gives you a little bit and then I, the stupid me, I interrupt, you know, and fucking blow it, you know, like, with, <laughs> you know, you're like, that was, I would like, I missed it. You started talking about something and I went in on some other tangent. I totally missed what he was trying to get at the point he was getting at, you know, but now you listen to it three times and you hear it. But so yeah, definitely next time I already have a page of questions I'd like to ask. So yeah. hopefully I, I won't, uh offend him with my recap of the events but he was great I, yeah, we hit was. it off really well too i think the fact that he's uh comes from you know a rural background and also uh, dutch upbringing is i can relate to for sure and then uh so you, you kind of get those similarities and then his disdain for all things corporate right. and, and and uh and regimented you know is is uh i definitely share that so we were we were able to find common ground pretty quickly it's a, it was a good fit yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like we were at odds. There were sometimes I would like to have somewhat of a debate, maybe on certain issues. Like there was, I didn't agree with everything, but there was, for the most part, you know, I think uh, it was, I kind of agreed with most of the things he said. It was funny. So I wanted to talk about when he first came. Like I was nervous as heck the night before, and I talked about a bit at the end of the show where I said I had the flop sweats and the the nightmare that he ha hated the show because he's like, "What the hell? Hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, hanging out in someone's garage." But then I found out afterwards he's done plenty of these things all over the United States and the little little radio stations that pop up that they have, uh, you know, a half a watt he was saying or something like that, you know, like that they can pop up these little radio stations. And actually at the end of the show, he had said to me, uh, he wanted to try to convince me to start a radio station in Waterford, you know, and uh, he said he would do it himself, but he didn't have the time. And, I, and I'm like, well, I don't know, I'm kind of am doing that, you know, I'm doing a show, I'm just not doing the whole station, but. I'm broadcasting, like, at least this, this kind of a format, the podcast is accessible to the world, right? Like, you don't have to... Yeah, that's right. You don't have to tune in at a certain time with, like, radio is kind of live, right? Mm -hmm. Like, television, you know? No one sits down to watch the 6 o'clock news anymore. Right. I just turn the radio on if I'm driving in my car, and if I happen to hear a good song, that's great. And if not, if I turn it off. That's Or you go to your your ipod or whatever right yeah yeah but yeah. even with, even with television now the days of like waiting for thursday night must see tv and and then watching two hours of sitcoms or something like that i mean yeah. you just dvr those things That's you just right. play them on demand but you don't it's not the same way people or the guys who really get it like uh uh late night there um oh what's his name fallon, fallon? yeah jimmy fallon he, his that website the late show website is uh Awesome. Every great clip that happens during the week they put on there and you can access it anytime. Right. Just like a YouTube clip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I think and and you get and that's the reason why that show stays a lot stays is gonna be thrive where maybe Conan didn't do so well in that slot is because uh 
Fallon gets that you have to have that constant interaction with your audience and you have to stay top of mind with them and yeah. you have to be constantly providing them with content. Right. Otherwise, they're going to feel right they're gonna lose their then they build a relationship with you where they're engaged you know where they're they're on the ride with you you yeah. know yeah he's got multiple sources that you can access his material at right so it's it's just the way you got to do it nowadays yeah and that's what i'm trying to do with this i mean really like yeah. at first i was just uh, dipping my toes in the water and just seeing what it was all about and then we started to go and a few people were listening and then uh some of them then some were pretty dedicated listening every week and they were kind of passing on feedback that they liked it and then they're saying, you got to keep doing it. Like, and I started getting trouble. My, my sister one time gave me trouble that I wasn't continuing it, but she just didn't get my update. It, she just didn't load it again <laughs> on her thing. I said, I did one, you know. But when people started like saying, like, you better do one next week, and I can't wait for next week, then I'm like, ah, I got to keep doing this, even though a big part of me is like uh, embarrassed and thinking that it's not good enough and that I'm uh, really, yeah, you know, looking like an idiot every week. Yeah, right? but there's that's... people relying on you out there. Yeah. <laughs> For every Friday content, morning, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> totally, and that's how you feel when you start. I don't know if it's every art, but I think like for me playing music, I I was like, "Are you kidding? Why am I doing this?" Yeah, but if you love it and stick with it, it doesn't. Who cares what anybody thinks? Just do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what I like about being on iTunes. I think if I was selling to like because it's the world, right? Yeah, like, for me to find a couple thousand people that agree with me that exactly. i think it's good then I, it's a lot easier than if i was just trying to get it in waterford or like in one small town right yeah why waterford did he like he's from dover right why did he no he moved his uh his uh store from uh port dover to waterford recently his music store yeah yeah oh. and uh he's just so he's just started a new new music store in waterford he, he, the the theater in port dover had a cell phone tower put on top of it and i think it was causing you know he he didn't like it was causing like a rattle in there and there was uh you know radiation that came through from the tower and stuff oh. like that and i think he was that's what happened yeah he wasn't cool no, with it yeah yeah kind of had a bit of a bit of an issue with that so he moved to waterford and, sa and it says he loves it there in waterford because yeah. well he's yeah. probably getting lunch at yins yeah there's a lot of good things <laughs> <laughs> can't miss there you know what every week we did this uh the other episode we we uh plugged pumped up uh hey buddy yeah delay right. submarine yeah, yeah. And uh, now we give Yins a, a free plug. We're yeah. going to start making these guys pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, All the hot spots in Norfolk right. County. That's eh? right. And, yeah, we're and I'm plugged in with Norfolk. So, anyways, this show's built. And what I, you kind of the idea with the show is is that you want to keep uh, trying to build your audience as far as, like, um, getting people to be engaged with what you're doing and kind of get excited about it and then feel like they're on the journey with you. Like, I've always – that's why I ask for feedback every week because I think if people are – involved in the show in some way then they're going to be more they're going to be able to enjoy more as it as it progresses as it grows and as we kind of uh, gain more uh people that are listening and every week we've seen some growth so it's i've really enjoyed it but uh you know i think that my marketing sucks and that i have to figure out a better way to do it <laughs> the one the one thing that uh i've done i've reached out to the newspapers to try to get some sort of uh some sort of a buzz that way you know but uh so far nothing and then uh, I really have to rely on social media to do it. So I, I do ask my audience if you're out there, if you're on uh, Facebook and you like my episode or if you're on Twitter and you listen to my episode and you like it, just all I'm asking is if you, if you like the episode and you think somebody else would like it, then share it. And if you hit the, the share button, then that just kind of goes through everyone's news stream. And unfortunately, that's the only way I have to promote the thing. But at least if more eyes get on it, we might get a few more listeners. And then lististeners uh, will allow us to do bigger and better things with the show. So... I think things are going pretty Thanks, good. Mike. 
I also have another guest that we were able to book that's of, uh, that I'm pretty excited about that's going to be coming in two weeks to the show. So we have, uh, we're going to announce that later on in the show, so just stay tuned for that. Oh, excellent. I'm excited. Yeah. So I just want to talk from the Fred Eaglesmith experience. So when I started uh, researching the show, I was pretty nervous, so I wanted to make sure I was really prepared. You can really tell when you listen to the beginning of that show how nervous I am, too. But uh, so I sat there. I was kind of on pins and needles. Mike came to my house. We're sitting on the front porch. We have, um, have a couple beers, like just a couple of beers while we're sitting on the front porch waiting for Fred to pull up, right? And uh, when I was um, researching the show, I was on YouTube a lot, looking at a lot of his performances. And as it goes on YouTube, if there's a pretty girl in the side column, <laughs> we talked about this before, there's a pretty girl in the side column, it tends to uh, catch my eye, you know? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. We all know the tornado can happen at any time, right? It sucks you in. It does suck you in, right? But in this case, there's no exception. And I remember I had uh, been something caught my eye on the on the uh, side panel. It was um, this girl Tiff Jin, who's in Fred Eaglesmith's band, is uh, backup vocals and I think rhythm guitar for the band. <laughs> and she, um, uh, so there's this Alive at McCabe's. If you, I'll post it on my Facebook and Twitter uh, before the show idea. airs, yep. and then uh, the, and you'll be able to see it. So there's Tiff Jin live, little little white pill. Uh, live at McCabe's. It's a fantastic performance, and I clicked on it, and it was honestly, I can't even tell you. I've showed all these guys it. It's the sexiest song I've ever seen in my whole life, eh? And I watched it two, three times. I'm showing it to my my buddies and stuff like that. They're spreading around. I can't believe it. They think this song's just terrific, and should, they don't understand why this girl's not more famous. My wife's actually getting pretty sick of me saying it, right? <laughs> well, how much I love this song. And then, uh, so I'm sitting on my front porch, and Fred's uh, van pulls up, and I can see through the windshield. There's two, like heads in the, in the van, you know. Yeah. And the one head, I'm just focused on the head that I know is not Fred. Like, <laughs> yeah. Could it? Could it be? Could it be? You know, because I'm such a huge fan of of this Tiff Jin song. Yeah. Like, so they pull up the driveway. And I remember now. I tell the story. It's already a little bit of a lie because I've I've already forgotten the part where I introduced myself to Fred first on the passenger side. So I skip past. It. I, I I tell the story like I run right to the passenger side. <laughs> I, think you, I think you actually leaned over to me and said, oh, my God, is that Tiff Jin? Yeah. Jin sitting in the van? Yeah, yeah. I was super pumped. You saw it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got excited. Like, I couldn't control myself anymore. <laughs> I just ran to the to the van. And uh, I, I think I introduced myself to Fred very briefly and then went to the passenger side quickly and just said, uh, you know, Tiff Jen, Pete Van Dyke, nice to meet you. I said, Little White Pills is the sexiest song I've ever heard in my life. That's how I opened. I'm just so excited to see her. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank you, Pete. You know, she's very gracious and nice. And uh, Fred comes around and says, I don't think that song's, I don't think that song's sexy at all, right? And I said, what? You don't like that song? You're crazy, right? And he's like, uh, no, I didn't say I didn't like the song. I just didn't say it. I said, it, I just didn't, didn't find it sexy, sexy, right? And uh, I said, I love it. So that was kind of how we introduced ourselves, and I'm all excited. And she was adamant from the beginning she wanted nothing to do with the show that she, you know, wanted to make sure it was about Fred. And she's in Fred's band. I think she's just keeping him company and stuff, you know, like she just wanted to make it sure that uh, she didn't uh, be right. a distraction right. to what we were right. trying to do. So it was right. really right. classy of her. But I had a ton of questions I would have loved to ask her. So someday I'd hope to be able to get her on to the show. And, um, and I really, I didn't get a chance. I didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to ask her. I just totally forgot. When the show was over at the very end, if you can, I don't know if you can hear it or not, because I keep the uh, mics open when I run the, the, the end, yeah. theme song. But I dropped my headphones and I ran over to where she was sitting. 
And right away, I told her that story about the tornado thing. And I had that bit kind of worked out for the last show, but I didn't get a chance to, I couldn't do it because he's right there. Yeah. But my bit was I was going to talk about the tornado with Fred. And then I was going to ask, say that to my, that uh, I'm obviously a happily married man. Like, <laughs> I'm a happily married man. I want this clear to the yeah. general public. I'm a happily married man. I love my wife. Rightfully so. But, and she's a stone cold fox. This has been established, it's you no know, question. on the record, right? No question. That my wife's a stone cold fox. But if she was to die in a fiery wreck, and I don't know whatever Miss uh, Jen's uh, um, personal relationship is, like, I don't know what her uh, romantic, none of my business to even uh, think about it, but I'm saying if she did have a significant other, if the two, my wife and her significant other, were in some sort of a fiery wreck, <laughs> all I wanted to do was to ask her maybe to go to the movies with me, maybe Simcoe Strand, <laughs> right? That was the whole thing I wanted to do. And I was going to ask Fred, you know, Fred, can you please then go ask her, you know, next time you're playing with her in her band, you know, like, or when she's playing in your band, I mean, like, just ask her, she'll go to the movies with me if she's ever single and my wife is... Uh... You had this all figured out before, and not <laughs> yeah. knowing she was coming and then she showed up. Yeah, and then she, then she shows up. <laughs> so it messes like it all up. It's like a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So then she shows up and I'm like, uh, so now I, I... So after the show was over, I ran over and I told her that whole thing, that whole bit I had worked out, right? I, I didn't know at that point that it went quite that deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I, I thought. I thought you were just excited to see Tiff Jen. I, yeah. I didn't... Yeah, it wasn't... No, I wanted to ask you the movies. <laughs> <laughs> if his wife was in a fiery rack. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Like I'm not just. I'm not saying anything. I want to be presumptuous. You know, maybe I'm not her type, but you know, I'll figure if we can spend the evening, go to the movies, and like get to know each other a little bit. Maybe we would be. You never know. True. If I could just get her to sing that song, that's all I really want to hear. <laughs> that song's terrific. So I told her that, and uh, Fred says, "I'll go get." Fred says, "I'll go grab your wife, and we'll get into a fiery rack, right?" <laughs> and then she said to me, "I'd love to go to the movies." <laughs> Is that what she said? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I was so happy. I was like, "I did it!" <laughs> you know, Jane, that's I did a win. it. Jane says, uh, "No, though." I said, "Well, maybe we'll just go as friends now. You know, now we know each other. We'll just go as friends to the movies." And she's still not keen on it. Eh? No, she thinks that. Uh, you know, it's one thing to joke about your attraction to women, but when they actually show up, you know, and they call your bluff, you know, now I actually have to do it. It's like, it's a totally different thing. That's a real person. Before it was just someone on the internet, right. you know, you're just looking at her. Tornado. You know? Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't a real person. And then no. all of a sudden she's right there. But anyhow, it was just nice to have her. I'd love to have her in again to hear her perform because I think she's a great performer. And, and uh, actually... That live in the caves—that's Fred's whole band, and just they're yeah, all—they're all great, eh? He yeah, talked cool. Sorry, yeah, Dave. He, he talked about how great his band was and how they, you know, they just know what what he's gonna play. They they could read him or whatever. But when you watch that video, they really are good. The whole band is yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Guitar just, solo in that, Mike. You're yeah, talking about yeah. guitar solo. Yeah, I just good. like as Pete said. We kind of I just watched it for the first time, and it's pretty neat to see that. And then he's like, "Yeah, that's Fred's band." Well, no wonder. Like. He's got everything, the sexiness, and they're not only sexy, they're awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, great players. So, it's pretty neat the chemistry that probably is between them. I can't imagine. Yeah, like they're the one thing that I that uh, the one thing that's really kind of like he's very that he's very authentic. Like authentic. Like what you got from the interview was that he's very kind of like he's got a vision or he's got a uh, he's got a uh, an idea of who he is mm -hmm. as a person, and he wants to stay true to that right yeah but then at the same time he's very stylistic when they're on stage like it's got a definite look you know it's got a definite uh yeah and i like you had said that before and like you said i i'm sure everybody listening to you know went to youtube and looked and had a few 
listens to his music and uh yeah he's got the coats and the hat like it's a production it's pretty neat but yeah you wouldn't think that uh i don't know just listening to him that he would be that much of a like have the have the big coats and big hats because yeah. he's down so the down image. to earth yeah yeah, yeah the that, image yeah, yeah i think but every time he does like uh, he had uh Different names for his bands, depending on what genre of music they're playing yeah. or whatever. It's like if they're playing the, if they were doing bluegrass, he's got a name for that band that does bluegrass. And this is the traveling steam show, I think okay. is what they call it. So it, he's developed this kind of like look for it as well and kind of tours with that. It reminds me, like I, I brought up Jack White on the, on the episode and it, it reminds me a lot of that because they, because they don't have a set list, because they're very stylistic mm -hmm. you know like there's a lot of similarities in the way they package themselves you know yeah and like jack white his music alone i don't could think could have sold the white stripes as well as the music along with the fact that it's a brother and sister act and they're all black and white yeah. and red and, red, that, yeah. and they all have a certain yeah. you, know, you know it's like this whole backstory and yeah and i was honestly now that you say that i was very surprised that I mean, maybe maybe he's not into that, but he like he kind of was like, yeah, I know of him. Well, I think he. I don't know if he meant like if I was asking him, do you actually personally know the man? Oh, because okay, because I was like, he doesn't even know who Jack White. Like, no, I think it meant like a, like because I said, do you know him? Per, like, like cause personally, okay, yeah, because he's in Nashville and yeah, in, and Fred's got ties to Nashville. Like, there's a chance you could know, run each run into each other. You know, both of you have a long music career. There's festivals. There's whatever. Yeah. But Fred being outside the business, he probably doesn't know. Yeah, you know, I know. Like it's. Not... I never thought of it like that. That's a good point. You're. That's probably exactly what he meant. I don't. I know of him, but I don't personally know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And good I, point. I wasn't sure about that either. I could have clarified that point, but I didn't. Yeah. No. Well, that's just how I took it. Because I'm like, God, how does he know? Because it's so similar, like you said. Yeah. Well, in in certain ways. That and was that, neat. So the show starts, we sit down, and uh, we have a nice chat at first. We kind of go over, you know, get to know each other a little bit as far as, you know, you know, and you come up to my place, and especially being the way that Fred is, he comes up to my house and looks at it, makes a couple comments about how I'm not suffering or whatever because I live in a house because he doesn't live in houses, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shacks. Right? Yeah, it's a nice house. And then, so, and I'm feeling like, even Jane said, my wife said, you know, I'm feeling kind of guilty, you know, like that, you know, that we have, that we have a nice place because we don't want to, you know, th th we're not trying to like be o o overly brag braggy about it or like throw it in anyone's face. We just, you know, it's just somewhere to, somewhere to live, you know, like we want to just live somewhere, mm -hmm. and, you know, but anyways, uh, so we kind of feel, I'm not, I don't know if he's going to like me because, you know, if, he, if he's got these prejudices against bankers and against uh, corporate douchebags and all that stuff, like how you, there's a very good chance you could look at me and think that I'm all of those things, right? right? right. I work for banks. I've, <laughs> I'm potentially a douchebag. I don't even know. I might be a douchebag. I don't know. So you, you, you don't know, especially one man's perception of you, you know, you could be anything you want, right? So uh, I didn't know if he liked me. So I kind of tried to give him a little bit of story of who I am that I'm not, if I'm a douchebag, I'm not a douchebag on purpose or whatever. Like I'm trying to do what I think is right. So I think we kind of got some common ground to start the show, but then it came to the time where you actually had to hit record and I had nothing. I had absolutely no way to start the show. But, I, did, really? I thought about all kinds of questions and, but I didn't think about how to start the goddamn show. So I hit, um, record and then I had nothing. I, I had nothing. Like I was just dead. Like what do I do? Yeah. And then, um, 
And we didn't talk about the show at all, did we, Mike? No, no. We had, like, <laughs> like the content? No. No, we just... We but like, he started playing a song right away. That wasn't... You didn't tell him, like, start the show with a song. He just he just grabbed his <laughs> guitar and started playing? What happened was... Is that... Um, what happened was, I, this is, tell me if I'm right, Mike, cause I'm kind of, I was, it was kind of a whirlwind, but I think that I said to him, I started and there was just that there was, it's, I looked at it on the thing. It's like two seconds of silence, but that's forever. Right. Yeah. I, nothing. And then Fred kind of looks, he takes that two seconds of silence and he looks over at, um, Tiff who had came with him and says, I told you this was going to be weird, you know? And then that would kind of like, that was the opening cause yeah. it broke the, broke the yeah. silence. And I'm like, it is weird. Like, <laughs> Well, I think I have it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I have that one. So we'll we'll try my technology out right off the bat. See if I can see if I screw this up. I probably will. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, it starts. I told you it was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> play, play that again. Go back and play. Yeah, again. replay. Okay. Ready? Here we go. It, <laughs> it is weird. Ladies and gentlemen, Fred Eaglesmith. Take it away, Fred. What are you gonna play for us? Harold Wilson. Harold Wilson. See? I, what a I, great song, by the way. I went from, like, me saying, like, uh, Fred, what are you going to play from? Oh, oh, grab his guitar kind of thing. Is that what happened? Oh, you're going to play Okay. okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he might have his guitar in his hand at that time. But, I, I like, he didn't know when or what. He had to, like, get ready, like, when I told him that he's going to play. And he didn't have a pick either. He was going to use a penny. But I didn't have a penny. They don't sell. They don't have pennies anymore. No, you know? that's so right. No. I was like, I got picks in here. So we, got, we found him a pick. But That's crazy. He just jumped right into it. Yeah. And what a yeah, what a great song. I bumbled. Yeah, it was I was a like, good song. Yeah, and it worked out great. And the the part in the song though, the very opening, and I'm sitting here still fumbling around, like twitching, <laughs> nervous, like a big uh, idiot. And then he starts playing that first song, and uh, I don't know if it's in uh, uh, if it's in this. Oh, Harold Harold Wilson right here. So this is in the Harold Wilson song. See if you guys can hear me screwing up. Okay. Okay. It's good. Climate control in color. And you can stay there by the month for a hundred dollars. You can stay there by the month for a hundred dollars. There wasn't money in corn, and there wasn't money in beans. They took my telephone, shut off my electricity. Then a letter came in the mail saying there's taxes owed by me. If I was ever gonna pay, well I had three. <laughs> Did you hear it? Uh, yeah. What was that? That was your theme song. That was your theme song. Oh, you started the... I hit the theme song button on my stupid iPhone. <laughs> no, luckily he didn't have his headphones in. You heard that, eh? That yeah. doom, yeah. doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom, And I was like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> you know? So he didn't hear it because he, he took his headphones off. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't. It didn't screw him up. No, it no. didn't. I, I luckily, I was thinking like, geez, you're such an idiot. Like then I'm just, just sitting there beating myself up even more. And that's why when we actually came around to start in the show, I was a bumbling idiot. Like I had no. <laughs> I, I was thrown. I I was kept screwing myself up, eh? And then this, I have this one sound thing I, I took off the show. It's called Pete is a bumbling idiot. So we're gonna listen to. Well, listen to what it says because I don't even remember what I pulled here. Yeah, this is at the after the audience, right? <laughs> You ever played to a fake audience? Before? Oh yeah, yeah. They're very, they're so very real fake audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're very generous. Yeah, they like the other guy. <laughs> yeah. See, I missed the joke because I don't listen. Because, yeah. but he said a the, real fake audience. A real fake audience, like, like they it? like the other guy better yeah. than me, you know. And I'm like, ha ha ha. 
because I'm I'm too nervous. I don't understand what the hell's going on. Just I'm just way out of my league. Well, right uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're very very honored here at live from the Dutch Hall to have Fred Eaglesmith come in. So thanks a lot for coming in, Fred. Oh, thank you. And, and thanks, Mike uh, Osterchuk. So can you have an easier name to say, Mike, than that? Just yeah. give me Mike <laughs> Smith for one thank fucking you, day. Mike, uh, <laughs> you had a tough start, and you had uh, to talk a lot. Tonight with I didn't pick it. I promise. Get too deep into it. I would like to just. He did get better than John Travolta at the Oscars, so though. We can, uh, yeah. Pronounced it pretty good. Well, I guess I'm not in. Why did John Travolta have to say Ostevchuk at the Oscars? No, God, but hope not. some other name that <laughs> yeah. came out like Ostevchuk. Oh, yeah. I was wondering, it might give him a massage. Maybe. Thanking <laughs> <just, laughs> <laughs> Travolta for the back rub. Apparently, he gets a little frisky at What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got strong hands. <laughs> Oh jeez, that's a, that's alleged, alleged, eh? I don't gonna get any trouble with Travolta. I was just uh, as a little Fred uh, Eaglesmith story. It's not a very good story, but I was introduced to Fred. It was Fred J. Eaglesmith when I was first introduced by my uh, uncle. I grew up working on Michael's farm, and he's a country and western fan, I guess. And uh, back then, there was some song about a farm, and he made me listen to it like a hundred times on the farm. My uncle. Because he just loved it. And it was Fred J. Eaglesmith. I, I remember that. It was probably 25 years ago, I bet. Yeah, yeah. That I listened to that song. Um, and it was about a, a farm being auctioned. I can't remember what it was called, but it sticks in my head. And, and I remember that. And when you said Fred Eaglesmith was coming on, I was like, holy crap, that's crazy. Because I remember that from my from my youth on the farm, you know. And then to hear him play that song yeah. about the farm, that first song. Yeah. I was, that's what I, I goosebumps. You know, I said to Pete, like, I happened to listen to the episode of Farmer myself while driving a tractor, plowing my land, listening to that song, and it blew my mind. Like, it was awesome. It couldn't have been in a better spot, so it was pretty neat. Especially like him coming from roots around here, so that was, was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, you wonder like, um, you wonder like why if he would have gone about it a different way, like if if he would have. Uh, sold out more like gone more into the let somebody sell them more like if he would have if he would have went on the date with the this is the oh yeah, yeah, yeah the date know, the date, the date yeah, you know good, good i would have went yeah. on the date i, I definitely so what did he, he said he wanted to go on a date or uh the, a, the girl asked him and he said no is that what happened is yeah, that what let me said? play it i'll play it right here and then you t then we'll talk <clears> about it but would would a person like that have the, the ability I'm to asking, I think, direct uh, their career? Like, would they be able to choose the content they? Yeah, a person that's like a corporate seller probably you know. chooses what you know. But uh, a lot of times, Fred had to be careful what he said there. I think because I was like trying to say that people that buy his music to or to, that cover his songs, you know, like right. I'm kind of I'm calling kind of calling them the corporate sellouts that are doing the things that are just for money and not for like the integrity of the thing. And he's kind of like, I, these guys are my peers and yeah. people I got to do business with. So yeah. I'm not about to say anything bad about them. Right. You know? yeah. And so you know, I appreciate that. Those people have different values that I would, and even their artistic uh, values would be different or the bar is lower than I would, you know, and it's, I'm not slagging them. I'm just saying they have a different, uh, thing that i do you know right, right. with me it's really pure it's really and as older i get the more i get it's really pure and don't mess with it because uh you're very lucky to get it but that was one that was a part that i was kind of i can't get my head around like he's saying he his art he's saying like now that he's at the stage he's at in his career 
the best I can understand, I'm kind of speaking for him, but this is what I'm trying to figure out, mm-hmm. is that he's uh, he's saying that what he's doing now is pure. He's not doing it for the money anymore. Like he he can eat now, right? Like when he's in early in his career, he's, you gotta like you gotta like eat, right? right. But the, so you have to kind of you know, have a few shit sandwiches in the mix that, just so that you can make sure you can kind of cover the cost of doing things. But then once you get to the stage of his life that he's at, you know, now he can just do it for the way he wants to do it. Right. And who gives a shit about the money or whatever yeah. else? It's just going to be about what he wants to do. That's what he, that's the way I understood what he meant by pure. Is that what you guys thought too? Is that how you yeah. take it? And I think it's, it seems backwards to the way most people probably do it. Once you get some fame and some, and you're notable, then it becomes easy to sell stuff. So you start Either. milking it, right? And you start mailing it in and the, and probably the older you get, the less you want to put into it, so you make it as easy as possible. But it's like he's doing it well, backwards. Like and now. the thing you notice about a lot of bands is that their first couple of albums mm. sound really raw, like pure. Mm-hmm. And then the sound becomes much more produced after that once the studios get a hold of them, right? Like That's exactly yeah, what yeah. I was going to say, Mike, here. That's dead on, I think. Yeah, I think about Nickelback, I was a Canadian band, and the first couple Nickelback albums were great. And then <laughs> that's Pete, Pete disagrees. That, that's debatable. That I tell you, totally debatable. Did you just say that on the air? I did. <laughs> and then uh, I never wanted to edit a show before, but I might. Have it <laughs> you just hold that. That's a sound bite. Yeah. You're holding to that. No, anyways. Dave. Sorry. Go ahead. No, and then you know the sound changed, and they start yeah. just appealing to the masses and yeah. making. Yeah. No, you're right. You are right about right. that with them. But it, I think you hit it the nail on the head, Mike. I, that's bands become what they're they're swayed in a certain direction right after okay album one is what they've been brought up to play like that's what their life work has been and then album two is yeah maybe close and then by when you get to three it's i mean you look at some big bands like um def leppard and um like even aerosmith Mm -hmm. um all of those bands like they start out one way yeah and then it just it become Van Halen's another one. Oh yeah, you know like the the early stuff is way different than where it ends up. Yeah, yeah. You, have you heard new Pearl Jam lately? Have you heard the new Pearl Jam al- album? I can't. No, I, I, I haven't heard it, so I can't say. You know? Oh my god, I just heard terrible. the radio track, but yeah, they have two two different tracks that off the new album they played on the radio. Both of them are easy listening at be- at best for mm-hmm. for real, man. I I drive around with my kids and I'm like. This used to be Pearl Jam. They, I, I don't think they should still call themselves Pearl Jam. No, like it is not. That's this how is bad not, it is. It's yeah. not even rock. It's not even rock. Yeah. And it's and these guys used to be, like something. They used to be good. Yeah. Like I used to get excited about. I Pearl. remember watching them play Porch, uh, live on. I don't even know what it was. Maybe Letterman or something. And and Eddie Vedder was standing on a like a bar stool, a spinning bar stool, singing. And they were playing the song super fast. It was so raw, and he's mm-hmm. like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And now that's and now he's sitting on a bar stool with a golf shirt, drinking red wine, and yeah, singing yeah. some friggin' not even a ballad. It's a, it's just a, I, I can't, even, I don't know what to call it. It's yeah. just easy listening. It's just yeah. really, really sad. It, it's like he's made. I mean, like you said about the bottle of wine and stuff. Like that's his thing now. Like, do you really have to do? You don't have to do that. Do something else. But that's the thing about art. Like this for Vetter. That's that's his journey. What he where he's gotten to in his musical career. I'm surprised he was able to take the whole band with him there, though. That's the thing. Like one guy does it okay. You're like, oh, someone's getting <laughs> yeah. soft. But then the rest of them, they all did it together. Yeah. yeah. And they, I guess they're in their mid 40s now or late 40s, maybe even. <laughs> yeah. Know? 
Yeah, but I, I think Dave, you're right on the point of the reverse. Is just just like you said, like. But I think it, because Fred got himself out of the music right. industry, that's how he was able to keep doing something that yeah, was still like. And the, he's, he's playing legions now. Like he's he's totally yeah. like most bands would be playing legions first, and yeah. then yeah, yeah. playing you know uh, an arena or where like a, a bigger hall, and then maybe an arena. He's going the other way. It's pretty, it's so cool. Like he just looks. But like I think that's what he likes. Yeah, like he that, loves it. Yeah. That's, like I think he's found his sweet spice. Like you know, if I can do this till I'm ninety, you know, just tour around yeah. legions and pick up a hundred people at a time or two hundred people at a time, and know I get the whole gate and the bar, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever you negotiate. Yeah, yeah. For me, as uh, as playing in a band, I mean, a little bit or whatever we've done. Like the talking, listening to him talk about the deals and the percentages and how he like it's so cool because everybody's just trying to screw you. You just want to play for people. For me, I just want to play for people to have a good time. Mm -hmm. I want to watch people in the crowd, like have a good time, maybe whatever they want to do, dance, drink, I don't care. And at the end of the night, who cares? It's not about money. No. And I think he is just so dead on on that. Like he just wants people to, like he said, he feels the room. Yeah, yeah. You can feel the room. Yeah, but the difference the difference between like what he's doing, what you're doing, is the fact that he's got to like support however many people that, are in his band's are, family. Well, you know, that's like, yeah, he's I know. got like I know that's yeah, five that's families right. all that are making yeah. their living off that off music. That. So they take what you do and they're like, okay, we got to do that 270 times a yeah, year, yeah, and then we, yeah. we can. And all... That's why he does it so well, much. And right? I mean, it was nice that he said, you know, he doesn't try to push the new album yeah. on, on people because uh, you know he has to meet a quota. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he plays what he thinks they want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't want to hear that now. They'll want to hear that in three years right. or four years. Once and, they, and I'll play once it then when it. they want to hear it. Yeah. 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 It's so opposite of other bands, right? Oh, for sure. Like, oh, and I think the record company would be the first one to tell you, you know, play the new album. Right. He's got, they got to hear it, you know. And so you have to play every track from the new album. And then you eat up half your show about p- songs people don't know. And yeah. they didn't come to see you for the new songs. Right. They came to see you for your last ones. And you, you, know, hear, you hear that with so many, like, I, the Tragically Hipper one. You go there and you watch your new album, and you're like, are you kidding me? Just play your yeah. first album. Just play that one all the time. Yeah. And you know the next year you're going to like that other album if you're still listening to hip, you know, yeah. like the, because the, that's the way that You'll it is. You'll still listen to it. Yeah, yeah. it kind of grows on you over time. And I think most music's like that. Even Fred's new album, I, I, I downloaded it off iTunes. I listened to it the first time. And and it was uh, – and the songs kind of blended together to me because it was something that I'm not – I don't listen to all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like so – I liked it enough, but I didn't. I didn't really recognize the differences between the songs. And then uh, I listened to it the second time. Now I started to pick my songs I like the best because right. they're, now they're starting to get their own mm-hmm. yeah. personality. And by the mm-hmm. third time through it, I'm like, okay, you know, I know what I like about this album. Like, I like this. I like this. I like this. You know, like. And, and, cut- and the cool thing about music is that'll change. It. The more you listen to the album, those songs will you won't be listening to those anymore, and you'll find three new songs that you're like, these are the, these are the real good songs. Totally. On the album. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? You know like, what I'm talking about, eh, yeah. Mike? Yeah. Like you listen to the, what the radio tells you to listen to, and he spoke about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they push you in a certain way, but then you when you actually get into an artist, you're not listening to what the radio is telling you to play. No. You're listening to what you inside yeah. is telling you to listen to because that's what you like yeah you, you find your own gems yeah in that, in yeah. that album yeah and now with music the way it is you're not looking at you're not looking at you don't get it like the, like when i was a kid and stuff like that you know you'd know this album's gonna come out on friday and people would go to like the, the record store and line up they got it at midnight you know we got mm-hmm. road apples at midnight yeah you know, right. remember that like right we got like 
But now it's, you know, I think the Jack White album that came out, like the Blunderbuss that came out, we were excited about that album coming out. I think we got it the day it came out or something. Yeah. Like that was like old school. It was like a flashback, you know, like we yeah. went back to the days when we used to get Jack That up was with awesome. A yeah. new album, you know, like, and then, uh, but nowadays, you know, like they don't even seem to promote albums. And then when they come out, it's more like you rely on social media, you rely on the internet, you rely on like whatever YouTube video you get mm-hmm. that you get sent to you how many hits you get on youtube and your buddy turns you on to it because you're you're driving around someone sends you check this song out and now all of a sudden you're like oh that's great and then you look in the whole catalog and then you start digging into it and yeah so there's so much content out there now yeah. there's so much and there's so many people that um you know like the one hit wonder is huge mm-hmm. and and so i'm not sure that how many people could actually put out a whole album now Oh. Like I mean, they're, not to say that they're they're not out there. I mean, there are lots of bands out there that can put out whole albums, but you get a lot of people that just have access to technology and can make music, putting out one song that just lasts for a couple of weeks and then yep. you never hear from them again. Yeah, oh. like the days of doing a what do you call it a concept album where you where you got a, it tells a story or something where they all kind of like the wall or sure. you know like uh, Tommy or any of those kind of. Like, where there's a an arc, oh, yeah. you know, or oh, even the Beatles uh, albums. You look at like yeah, uh, Sergeant yeah, Pepper's, yeah, you know, sure. yeah. and, and uh, yeah, Pink Floyd was great for that. Yeah, too. yeah, like the, the, I don't know if like they could have success in today's day and age with something like that because people are one. They like the one track, like they well, like to yeah. isolate the one track. They don't like to listen to it as a. It's, as, it's like our attention spans just not big enough anymore, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's here, true. it's here, and then it's there, and then yeah. it's here, and then it's there, and you know, you're not focused on anything long enough to actually get the you know the subtle nuances of that whole, uh, you know, uh, piece of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now, like, in, I don't know, we we had to buy a whole album right back in the day, so you would listen to it top to bottom, and you'd take it in, right? You take it in once and say, oh, how do you feel about that? Where now you can just say. Well, this one's got this many bars on iTunes. It's probably the most popular song. Maybe yeah. I'll try. Like you don't, you don't yeah. have to listen to it all. You, you're not yeah. forced to. And a lot of times you will just take the hit, and then you won't ever listen to those deep tracks. And those are, you know, those, those are, are some the ones. Of the gems. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I have a bit of OD, uh, what do you call it um, when you're obsessive compulsive OCD. OCD. Yeah. OCD yeah. I have a bit of an OCD because when I put in a CD. I always skip track one. I never listen to track one. Just really? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I can't do it. And it's because, I, especially on my Beatles albums, all my Beatles albums n- never listen to track one. I fast forward past it because those were always the radio uh, push songs oh, okay. that you were trying to tell yeah. me I'm going to like. And I'm like, I don't like Tax Man. I don't like Back in the USSR. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to listen to Glass Onion. You know, yeah. I, I, I want to get yeah. like into it where yeah. it's different, you know, like where it's something. Or if you really like, I want to know what these guys are all about. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I want to go deeper in it all the time. You yeah. know, if I'm into something, I want to go deep into it. You know? yeah, that's cool. We're we're probably lucky too. Growing or we're different anyway because we grew up with CDs, where you have to get the whole album, like you said, Mike. So mm-hmm. like you told me about the new uh, Arctic Monkeys that one too right. on the Arctic Monkeys song, and right. I went on iTunes, bought the whole album. Right. Yeah. And now I listen to the whole album, and, yeah. and it's all good. Right. You know, I won't just listen to the one track. And I even try and force my kids into that. Lucas, my oldest boy, will be like, oh, I like this song. I'm like, well, you got to put the whole album yeah. on your iPod, and you got to listen to it. Give it a chance, yeah. And he does. And he and then you hear him singing, like, 
track eight, right? Or like a B side. Oh, I know. You, you would do. It's great. You, t- you texted me that. He was singing that one song. And, yeah. Why uh, do you, why yeah. do you only why call you, me when you're high? Yeah. And I can he's just singing. imagine Teresa <laughs> like, like cooking dinner yeah. and he's like, why do you only call me when you're high? Like, you, you gotta be yeah. kidding me. I <laughs> loved it. I, <laughs> oh, I think that's so awesome. That yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It's great though. Yeah. yeah, but that's something that's a, that's that's dying. Like that's good that you do that with Lucas because yeah. I want to start. I said the same thing. Like I knew Caitlin was listening to Lord and stuff, and I'm like, well, why don't you get through her whole album? Like listen to the whole thing. There's probably some real great tracks on there. Like she was into Adele for a while. I'm like, I'm sure Adele's whole album's great. I'm sure she's a real talent. Yeah. So like, you should probably get the whole album. But she's like, I don't need it. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stream it off of YouTube. Like I don't even yeah. need to own music. Like, and I think for I don't know how many percent, but like like let's say seventy five percent of people, that's all they want. They just want the hit. They don't care. They yeah, just yeah. wanna Oh, that's that awesome song I've heard a million times at the party. Like Yeah. Yeah. I like how we talk about short attention span in the public and we all agree that the attention the public's got a short attention span. Meanwhile, I'm doing a long form hour and a half interview <laughs> <Yeah>. show <laughs> that absolutely nobody has time for. So <laughs> like, this is my great idea. Yeah. Well, at, at least you know that they would re- that they really like it. Yeah, if, if you're if you're in, you're in, right? If, like if they'll give you that much of their attention, then you know they must like something. Yeah, or they're related to me. <laughs> or, yeah. or there's that. There's a bit of both usually. Thanks, Mikey. Sure, please. <laughs> So I'm going to keep playing this clip. I think we got lost on it. but uh, Integrity is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. Integrity no is very expensive, and it takes really a long – it takes such a long time to to arrive anywhere if you're going to have integrity. And, you know, to the amount of stuff you have to turn down yeah. is uh, – you know, one night I was in Nashville, and uh, oh. a star wanted to go out on a date with me, yeah. and I wouldn't go. No, no, so your I headphones. Date with her, and my publisher Wait, I'm going could... to see if I can get this back again. There we go. I'm going to play that again for you, Mike. Down. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, one night I was in Nashville and uh, a star wanted to go out on a date with me and I wouldn't go. You know, so I'm not going out on a date with her. And my publisher just couldn't leave. I wouldn't go on a date with this girl because it was it good for was business. It was good for business, you know. And uh, there's all this stuff that goes on. So that's there you go. It's gone. That moment's gone. Uh, he told me that he's was going to go on a date with a star, like a country star from Nashville, right? That's what he told me. And that he said no because he didn't want to go on a date with her. I just let it go. I just, let, I just miss it completely. But I'm thinking to myself, why didn't I ask, like, either who it is? If you don't want to tell me who it is, that's fine. Then tell me why, what you didn't like about her. Like, what was wrong with this girl? Like, what was yeah. she? Was it, just, was it just because you knew it was good for business and that? Oh, the whole he, pro? Or was the girl disgusting? Right. Right. Was it his idea of hating the corporate monster taking over? Or was the girl hideous? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Reba McIntyre. <laughs> she's, she's cross-eyed. <laughs> you, you that would do. That would do it. That would do you it. You can't go out with her because she's cross-eyed. You didn't want that rep. No. Plus, red redheads. You know, like yeah. uh, they have a reputation. Well, they do. <laughs> Take I, it as you will. Or, or maybe it was like, uh, like who could it be? I was thinking of that era. Winona Judd. Winona Judd probably could, also probably. Yeah. Would you go out with Winona which, Judd? Which uh, there's a couple Judds, right? Yeah, the mom's hot. Yeah, which one do I notice? She's the big hot? one? Well, I know the big girl. She's the big one, yeah. yeah. Probably very talented. Probably the most talented. Like, probably the most talented musician of all of them. Great heart and a nice smile as well. Great personality. <laughs> Great personality. Great personality. <laughs> <laughs> but a big girl. A full-figured gal. I'd right? probably go out with her. You don't have a, you're not scared of that, eh? Hmm. 
but yeah, like he said, like I, I, we talked about it. But just for the photo op, you don't even have to sleep with her. You just have to go on the date with her. Like I don't know, I'd do it. Yeah. I would just. Do well, it. what would have changed? Like, would it have changed things big time? Unless her? you actually know the girl. If he actually knew her and just didn't like her, then mm-hmm. I get it. But if you didn't know her, then a date would only get let you have a, the ability to talk to someone new. Which you could learn a lot from, and she's in the business anyways. You probably have tons to talk about. Maybe right? they could go to the movies. That's what I would go. I'd go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think listening to Fred uh, and the uh, I don't know him or anything, but just what I learned from that podcast, he probably just knew that he wasn't it wasn't going to be a good experience. You know, I know. I just can't. I just can't believe I missed it. I wish I would have pushed him more on it because I wanted to find out more about this girl. I can't. I I, I got it, at least off the air. I could ask him who it was. Yeah, but I didn't. I missed it. I'll never get it back again. But yeah, you I know, think you're, people I think you're right, Dave. Like he he I don't think he wanted you to No. No, no, he wouldn't have yeah. told me. No. But at least he could have told me he, without saying her name, just tell me what was horrible about her. <laughs> right? He could have told me that. Couldn't yeah. think he could have told me that? It wouldn't be doing anything. Anyways, that's what I would have liked to have known. I always think the music business, they think of those guys, those uh those big corporate guys. So you can see those guys. Those guys aren't so scary to me. They're they're just douchebags, and you can tell. Oh them yeah, douchebags. But I love know, that he said douchebags. Yeah. In our experience, in my one, experience, yeah. the traveling show experience. That was his uh, first kind of swear. It's the it's the school teacher who takes the summer off and decides she's going to be a music promoter. She's the one who gets me every time. I don't think they're going <laughs> to. She's talk the one anymore. who decides that she needs fifteen percent of my merchandise after the show. Or it's the guy who's running the local hall, concert hall, which they, they built yeah, for $40 million dollars and now can't fill it. He's the guy who gets And he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who, after the show, says, I want 20 Other, you know. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a student of Zen Buddhism. I've been one for many years. Here we go. This <laughs> is awesome. I've been following Zen Buddhism. This is my favorite. And, you know, I spent a month once trying not to believe in gravity. All right, let's let's talk. We got to get one. into this. This this that's why my mind is in a bottle still. <laughs> okay, my reaction. Oh, we'll keep playing it. That's my favorite right. line from the whole hour. It is yeah, something. Thirty else. minutes, whatever. I had to re-listen and be like, did yeah. he just say that? Yeah. <laughs> a whole month. Just okay, let's just do it one more time because I. I gotta listen. Well, to you know, I'm a, I'm a student of Zen Buddhism. I've been one for many, many. Listen months. to my reaction once he said it. I got nothing. And, you know, I spent a month once trying not to believe in gravity. It's an awesome. exercise. I just laughed. I didn't know what else to do. Let me try it. It's fun, it's a, it, it will make your head turn because... <laughs> he comments on the way you you're looking at it. gravity is just a theory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like... We're, like I, yeah, yeah, it's just a theory. Yeah. It's just a theory. But I'm says, still not on board. I'm no. not even close to being on board right now. I'm just like, what? And he can tell. Going? You're yeah. trying to... I'm just digested. Like, eh? I have no, but I have spent so much friggin' time listening, thinking about this since it's been on. Because I'm like, okay, hey, well, let me. I can see you looking at me like, are you kidding? Don't believe me. <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my head around. <laughs> right. right. I can, I can all, see you looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know. Like I, I really, I'm like, yeah. I didn't. What? In a million years, I've never. It's never even come into my head to be able to even think. To question yeah. the fact that gravity like, is real. Like you drop an apple, it falls to the ground. Like I didn't, I never understood why Isaac Newton was such a smart guy. A freaking apple hit him on his head. Something's <laughs> pulling it down. Yeah, okay. Isn't that common sense, Isaac Newton? But then he started making me think it's just a theory. So I'm like, okay, it's just a theory. Well, then what's a different theory that what could happen? And then I've been watching that uh, Cosmos. With, it's with, on all the time, yeah. It's on, yeah, Sunday yeah. nights uh, on Fox. It's a, that Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. 
It's, fun. Yeah. it's a great a show. Have you seen it, Dave? No, I haven't. Oh, it's, oh man. I'm, it's I, on Fox? On Fox. Oh, PBR it. 9 o'clock on Sunday Sundays, night. Yep. Cosmos. And Cosmos. And I've watched it. With, I make my kids watch it. And they were like, no, we don't want to watch it. It's educational and stuff. They're all, but then they start watching it. They're into it because it's awesome. But, I mean, part of that really is just the nature of science. You know, theories can only be proven. They can't be – or sorry, theory can only be disproven, can't be fully proven. Yeah. And there could still be some exception that you haven't found yet. Yeah, that's right. Because even the theory of relativity, Einstein's theory of relativity, they've also they've said there's evidence to support that it's not entirely true. I mean, it, it, like <laughs> let, let's just say it's reproducible enough for all practical purposes that that things fall to the earth for sure. You know, but yeah, uh, but is it because there's a force of gravity pulling it towards the earth, or is it because the universe is spinning in such a way that the there's centrifugal force that forces things into the mass that it's because yeah. the universe is spinning, right? Yeah. Like the universe spins. And then the Earth spins, our solar system spins. Everything's spinning, like at a, at a, at, a, at a, actually an increasing velocity as you go bigger. Like we're going super fast. If you take our how fast our um, galaxy's spinning, like we're 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 like zooming through the. Is Earth. this what the cosmos has? Yeah, done? cosmos said this. Okay. On cosmos, it blows my mind. It helps if you have a. a, a Medical uh, prescription <laughs> before you watch it. Before you, uh, yes, uh, to help. Does, you does that come with the Cosmos subscription? I think it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little pack. <laughs> you get a little baggie in the mail. They yeah. mail it to you. Yeah. The thing, that, the thing that got me more because I went back and listened to that. I played it for my wife. I played it for my kids. I listened to it several times. The thing that that really blew my mind more about that was it's not. And he even said, "I'm not saying gravity doesn't exist." It's about the exercise yeah. of making your your brain tear down these n- notions that you've been led to believe, these preconceptions. And once you can tear down the, the box, the walls that you live within, then your creativity is like exponential after that because there's, you're not held inside this little capsule anymore. Right, you know? right. If, if you can do that, if you can... Apparently, you have to spend a month trying to make yourself <laughs> yeah. believe it. But but I think you're, that's what he was getting at, right? Yeah, like you're that. supposed to open yourself up to creativity. And once, you don't, once you're not hardwired to believe all other people's theories, right. then you're able to come up with your own. And that's how you unlock creativity. That was his yeah. kind of point, right? Which is, yeah. it, which is fa- like, yeah. Yeah. like hugely can, fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah, as a, as a, like I said, I'm not one that calls myself a songwriter, but to hear him try to explain or let you into his world of how he gets some of his ideas. It was so cool. Like I just love hearing how people are inspired by things. And like, he just opened up a door that you'd never like myself. I would never think of like, I think within, I try, he's try to think with out of the box, but, but to truly, to to open it up to that level, I've never, I've always said, I'm a pretty open-minded guy. Like I'm 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 not closed to anything. Like I want to make myself even more open-minded all the time. But, I've never thought to question like the just the laws of physics, you know. <laughs> I've never thought yeah. about that. And and even at the end where he said to me, "Hey Pete, you know how they say akinasia? You know how akinasia is good for you?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, I know that." He goes, "How do you know?" I'm like, "Damn it, he got me again. He I got know. me twice, eh?" Because he's just like, "Just stop, stop believing everything they what tell you. Told, stop yeah. thinking of your own things, right?" Yeah. But I think he was like, uh, "Like that's why I enjoyed the interview so much. I learned so much. I'm still learning by yeah. going over this stuff." Yeah. And uh and it was cool, especially when I'm kind of going down a creative endeavor of my own, like to be able to kind of think, well, you know, yeah. maybe I've got a lot of baggage that's that's preventing me from really um, making this as good as it can be. Like maybe I'm still caught up in in all my 
corporate, uh, you know, Stru- uh, like, what do you call that? Structure like, and rule. Yeah, yeah, like all that, like uh, that programming that they do to me. You know, yeah. all the I'm still probably tainted by that. They you mold know? you. I have to yeah. like get get the banker out of me completely. I'm, I'm only probably like maybe part way there. You're now. on your way, old but uh, hopefully I'm on my way to getting rid of the whole thing. But I thought that was really interesting. He goes on to talk about that one thing about. Dang. We all do the same thing as somebody believes in religion or something. We go, are you an idiot? But then, then we believe in everything else they've told us. Try not believing in molecules. Right, right. Just try it. He doesn't see do drugs. After a month, or a drink. Your brain, where you go, okay, this heats up and this heats up, and it's not molecules. So what is it? And you'll spend a long time staring into space. Like <laughs> you're trying goddamn to right, you'll spend a long <laughs> yeah, time staring into space. Yeah. All you're doing my is oven disputing working. a theory. Right. And we're <laughs> I'm so still not on board. I'm not saying right. there isn't molecules or there isn't gravity. I'm saying just try not to believe it. Yeah. And people get mad at me when I talk to them about this because it hurts them. You know, it hurts them, but it's. <laughs> it it's does hurt. It does. Unfortunately, it does. there goes my night's sleep. I'm going to be wrapping my head well, around. You know, there is no does. way you this slept after you that. No, I didn't songs. at all. This allows your, your mind to say, if I don't believe in gravity, what takes the space of that? What if there's a push? What if something's pushing from up instead of pulling from down? You start doing all this. Next thing you know, you're very creative. Right, right, right. Uh, Isn't that interesting, though? This theory was yeah. very creative. How he goes about that. I don't know if that comes from, that comes from the Buddhist teachings or whatever it is, but it's, it is kind of interesting, you know, because you see the people. There is a, most of the population of the world kind of falls in line. Like they just kind of know. They kind of – and they're doing it because they're decent people that just want to follow the rules. They want to live a decent life. They want to have – certain amount of stuff you know so they they figure out how are we going to do it well i'll go to you know i'll get a job and i'll do be good at my job i'll do what they ask of me and i'll try to be a good employee or a good corporate citizen a good uh you know member of the community a good parent a good whatever you want whatever i sh- you think i should be yeah but you don't really look at yourself and say well what should i be you know like what what am i supposed to be you know you're just saying what do i have to do to get yeah. the stuff or to be like an adult or whatever the other people's uh, definition of that is, but you don't really look at what you want to, what you want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's convenient and it's comfortable because it doesn't require a lot of thinking. Yeah. Right. And most people fall into that. And then most people actually start to get things as they age where they run in, like where they hit their midlife crisis really bad, like I'm doing, or they, <laughs> or they like, uh, you know, become depressed or they become, you know, irritable. Like you ever see, you know, you see a lot of people, they get older, they get grumpier and oh, grumpier, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then I think it's that sort of thing where they just, not, they didn't actually do the things that they were supposed to do. They didn't listen to it. You know, they, yeah. they did what they had to do, not what they were supposed to do or what they were meant to do. Well, it was like, he talked about, uh, what was it? His friends, his friends that, uh, you know, said that they could do what or wanted to do what he was doing, like traveling with the band and no money. And, you know, and he's like, I don't know if he could live that life. I don't, yeah. I, do you really, yeah. would you really do that? Yeah. Would you get rid of your house and your yeah, fan? Yeah. Like, cause that's what he's doing. Yeah. They don't yeah. have money problems, but they have happiness problems. That's right. Like he said yeah. something like that. They're right. the opposite. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. be careful what you wish for. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. could, could you shoulder that? And that was, it's so interesting. He's dead on. I don't, for me, I'm like a polar opposite. I like to play my guitar. I like to play music, and I play like 100% cover songs. He even said something about tribute bands, you know. And he did they, cut them up. Yeah, and yeah. 
and I'm I get to the point where I listen to the song and I break it down and I have to hit every note and every every lyric exactly right or and if I don't do it I you know I get frustrated with myself I need to I need to do it exactly right I don't even have enough creativity to change a song to make it just my own you know I have to do it just like the mm -hmm. band did it mm -hmm. or or I'm not happy if I'm yeah, and it's yeah. like the opposite of what he's talking about yeah but that's what you like doing right i tell myself i like doing it i i do and i like yeah i guess i enjoy it you do i well, do you enjoy do it, it you do it when you got time yeah to you got your free time yeah you're yeah, gonna go do that yeah well that's what you enjoy doing it is yeah i enjoy doing it yeah yeah but mike this brings me to mike's point mike's sitting right beside fred the entire interview mike ostrich mike mm -hmm. ostrich is and yeah. and uh <laughs> and he's uh He's sitting right beside him, and Mike is a DJ. You remember from Dutch Hall Remix, if you listen to it, that Mike's a, a DJ, you know, he, and uh, he comes up in the era. You should tell yourself, you're, you come up in the era of digital music, right? Like you oh, were turned sure. on by digital music, and at one point in time, he's saying, like, how he records on tape, and, yeah. and he does it where the whole band's playing at once, and it's a one track recording, yeah. you know, like he doesn't, Analog, yeah. yeah, he doesn't uh, well, do it piece by piece and splice together. Even like, well, like, I, I gotta ask this because I'm not, I'm ignorant to the fact. Okay. So you guys can explain to me, but um, Foo Fighters, you know, the Foo Fighters last album, they mm -hmm. did it on tape, right? Yeah, Wasting Light, yep. And, uh, but they recorded each track and then, like, then layered them, didn't they? Yeah, like a multi-track like, multi tape. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, but what he's talking about doing is one track. As tape. a, he did like a microphones on the floor. It's yeah, just yeah. another way of doing it. Yeah. Well, see, like it wasn't like digital was part of it, but I mean, like synthetic music. I grew up with synthetic music and and pop. Like some of it, you know, uh, made its way into the mainstream, like in pop '80s music and stuff like that. But there were some true innovators at that time who were kind of alternative to whatever was being done, and these are like guys. Who instead of picking up guitars uh, and drum sets, they're picking up old electronics and trying to make noise out of it that's interesting to listen to, right? So there is some pioneering in that field, and uh, I mean technology doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but I think when you put it on autopilot and you let the technology kind of take over the creative process, then you, you get a lot of what we've got today, which mm -hmm. is music that doesn't really do anything for anybody. Because there's nothing authentic or genuine about it. Yep. Great yeah. Great point. You, you know, any, anybody who has access to technology can now be an artist. That's right. But how many people are truly, of those people, are truly artists? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or are they just someone who knows how to use a, a computer? Yeah, and then, so that goes to, to the point of you that that's playing the cover songs and feeling like you're maybe not up to, or you're not doing something artistic because... Fred Eaglesmith thinks you're not doing something artistic. Well, his path of of creative, his creative journey took him to what he's doing. That's what scratches his itch, you know, is what he's doing. Mike's is completely different uh, because of his perspective and the things that he's taken an interest in, the way that he's gotten deep into it. Like when you look at the way you DJ, the first time you showed me using your turntables and stuff like that, I mean, that's takes as much skill as playing a guitar does, yeah. you know, like yeah. it, it, probably more. Yeah, that's or a you real can craft. get as deep into it as you can. Like, well, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of layering involved to it. And I mean, you can kind of, it's, it's fun because you get to create a mood, like an atmosphere and especially if you get a flow going like in your set, 
yeah. then you can create a, a total an atmosphere. And I mean, you have lots available to you to do that because you didn't have to make all the music. So you're playing other people's music, yeah. right? But you're picking and choosing and how to string those together so that it kind of tells a story in a, in a way. Yeah. And you're, you're feeling the crowd too, just like Fred was talking sure. about feeling the crowd and like yeah. Mike's yep. talking about yep. feeling the crowd, right? Yeah. You feel it and that drives your... Oh yeah, and that, you, that you, drives your performance. You feed off each other, and and I mean, at some points, if it's going really well in a night, and you're, I, you, I'm just having a great time up there, and it's like, you know, the adrenaline's kind of going, and you're 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 just uh, you're feeling the crowd, yeah, and that's a great feeling, I think, for any uh, artist, no matter what you're doing. I think that's what you probably do it for, right? Like yeah. to hit that adrenaline, yeah. like that's we all, you know. That's what you do anything. That's what you play sports for. That's what you do anything for. You get that rush of adrenaline. And you're like, this is what I'm doing this for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to, uh, you know, because you had mentioned Dave Grohl. Yeah. And uh, I had purposely downloaded this this uh, quote from him that I wanted to talk about on the show. Awesome. Okay. And so I, I won't take up a lot of time, but oh, I just want to okay. read this. And uh, oh, yeah. so this is Dave Grohl. And he's saying, uh, when I think about kids watching a TV show like American Idol or The Voice... Then they think, oh, okay, that's how you become a musician. You stand in line for eight fucking hours with 800 people at a convention center, and then you sing your heart out to someone, and then they tell you it's not fucking good enough. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's destroying the next generation of musicians. Musicians should go to a yard sale and buy an old fucking drum set and get in their garage and just suck and get their friends to come in, and they'll just suck too. And then they'll fucking start playing, and then they'll have the best time they've ever had in their lives, and then all of a sudden they'll become Nirvana. Because that's exactly what happened to Nirvana. Just a bunch of guys that had some shitty old instruments, and they got together and started playing some noisy-ass shit, and they became the biggest band in the world. That can happen again. You don't need a fucking computer or the internet or the voice or American Idol. Yeah. yeah. That honestly like makes me want to fucking cry. I got goosebumps <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've read it before, but like I'm such a huge fan of his, and that is a lot of why. Just yeah, the guy just get. I don't. I just get him. I what, just. What I love. I love. Did you see Sound City? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. movie. You know how many people have got, like I've loved the Foo Fighters from the get go. I, I honestly have. I saw them early on at an Edge Fest before they were kind of huge and. uh I've got them from the get-go. I, I was just start. I didn't really ever love Nirvana until after I loved the Foo Fighters. And uh, he's just so honest <laughs> with how rock and roll is supposed to be. And did you just wipe a tear away? I don't know if I did. I think <laughs> yeah. I, just, yeah. I don't know. Like he just, I just get it. I just get what he's doing, yeah. and I just. Uh, I it's don't true know. about the artistic process. I mean, without if you don't have the confidence to stick your neck out a little bit, like to be different, and this is kind of what. Um, what I'm kind of looking for with guests, and if I'm asking people to look for guests for me, it's like people that want to that are paying the price. You know that if you suck, if you like are starting out and you suck, you know like, but you're willing to like expose yourself or make yourself vulnerable enough that you can let everybody know that you suck. Right. Then, then I, I got a lot of respect for you. You yeah. know, like I think that's what you need to do. You need to get to the point where you're like, okay. I did that, and I'm and I don't care if it was good or bad. I'm just I'm just gonna. The only way to get better at it is to keep doing it and, and keep sucking. You know, yeah, that's a hard fucking thing to do. I'll <laughs> uh -oh. I'll tell you to get up in front of people and suck. 
and oh, yeah. do it in it front of people. Sucks. Oh, yeah. Right? oh yeah. It's yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. To just eat shit and it's, just know you can't take it back. You know. Yeah. But it's the best advice you could ever have. Like f- for me, uh, I was uh, very good friends with the the Wynn brothers. I can say the name because I I worked in Harvest with them, and I I was just getting into playing music, and I asked like like what do you do to play a show like I. You know, I kind of got this band going, and I would love to play. And they said, just play, play anywhere and everywhere you can, and just don't give a shit about what anything anybody thinks. Just do it. And the more and more you do it, the less and less you care, or the better maybe it gets. And I remember Dave when you started. I think I passed the same message along because I remember Pete telling me, he's like, I'm so glad that you you know told my friend Dave to just get up there and do it. Yeah. And that's all it is. Get up there and deal with people looking at you. And so you, of course, you suck off the bat. And yeah. You just got to learn to swallow it and move on. And if you love to do it, it doesn't matter. And to be honest with you, most people are pretty forgiving because most people are kind of appreciate that. Yeah. You know, they can appreciate the fact that, you know, you stuck your neck out. There's the assholes that sit there and yeah. they want to shit on everybody, you know, like, because it's easier to do that. It's a heck of a lot easier to sit back, do nothing and just crap on everyone else that's trying to do something, you know. But for the guys that's actually going out there and taking that abuse on purpose because it's more important for them to not let this thing that's inside of them just stay there. They want to let a bit of it right, out. You right. know? I mean, I think the people who, you know, are not doing it should shut the hell up and stay out of the way of the people who are doing it. Right. Yeah. I think we need more people doing it. And there's the thing too, is like the danger of the internet that what they touched, we touched about it on that episode on the last episode with Fred Eaglesmith was, uh, they, he said the danger of the internet is that anyone can put sh- stuff out there you know you anyone can put garbage out there and they don't really have to do you don't really have to have any like uh talent to be able to put out material and with technology and stuff you can like hide a lot of blemishes that exist in your abilities but um it's not but the flip side of that's also true where people are going out there and giving you something that they're able to take the time and build it and get better at it and like grow without the support of some big corporation yeah. or some record company yeah. or some talent booker or something like that that sees something in them that they can just do it on their own pace and kind of work at their own craft and then find their own audience and you look at music there's people out there that are doing kind of what fred does where they're just taking their own door and they're they're making their own albums and they're doing their own thing and you know you look at uh comedy it's the same thing you look at a guy like louis ck started putting uh, out his own uh, CDs and his own uh, concert albums for five bucks. And he just does it on his website and everyone gets it for five bucks. And now he's selling other people's for, for those are their albums for five bucks. And it's not going to a record company. It's going to the artist, you know? And the, so the artist is able to kind of take more of the pie and give it to the public for cheaper than what the companies were doing and then take it all themselves. Like they're, they're bypassing the corporations. And I think that part of it is awesome because then you can get, people that you know you can get the benefit of what they're doing you know one of the thir- first things i remember that was like that i think was uh, tom york and and radiohead had put one of their albums uh, on their website for sale and it, it was actually by donation like you yeah didn't, you didn't actually yeah, have to buy right. it you really? could make a donation and, and i thought that was amazing at the time that, yeah. that you know they would even try that yeah and they still made the records and sold them and stuff but it was there for digital download if you wanted it yeah yeah, that's cool. And if you liked it, you could yeah, float him some cash. So I think that's the way. I think that's awesome. And so it leads me into my next uh, – we'll do feedback. We got feedback. Before we do that, I'm going to do the big announcement. 
Um, Ooh, baby. That, which is, which is a, I think, a fairly big announcement. We have a guest coming in two weeks. He fits the description of what we're talking about. This guy, our, our guest, he's coming on May 15th to live from the Dutch Hall. And uh, he is a uh, three-time Guinness Book of World Record holder. He's been on Dragon's wow. Den. No shit. He's wow. uh, Wikipedia? Not Wikipedia. Oh. Oh. I looked at Wikipedia. He's not Wikipedia. We're still on two. But we'll, my, maybe, maybe we'll help him get on Wikipedia. <laughs> but he's coming in. He's a local guy, a uh, young, young guy out of, uh, out of our area here. He's an illusionist. His name is Lucas Wilson, and he's going to be coming in on May 15th. Illusionist Lucas Wilson. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited. What, I, what I'm thinking about doing is maybe getting, uh, getting some people in here to run the bar. I think I've got a few people that have lined up already. And I thought, what would make... How does... How does uh, Illusionist is like a magician, right? Yeah, he's actually... His world records are in uh, escape artists. He's an escape artist, but he's also does... He's an illusionist, like a magician. Now, and, now, was he pitching something on Dragon's Den? Yeah, he was wanted to get his new show sponsored or whatever. He was trying to do it like because uh, I guess a lot of these tricks, especially the escape tricks, they're not cheap to put together. Like you have to, I have to look at the Dragon's Den episode. I'll know more about it by the time he comes on. But I think that he was going for money to try to help him with his new show because to put these things together, generally, and and, and Eagle Smith talked about it last week. He doesn't spend his time filling out government grants and stuff like that. I'm kind of looking at doing a new project right now, and. Uh, trying to find ways to fund it and uh one of the ways was i was looking at government grants and the arts grants that are out there are there's quite a bit of them but you have to be kind of uh you gotta spend a lot of time filling out paperwork to get government money as as is the case as right? is the case with most things yeah and and then the chances you get in it are like maybe iffy so you still always have to find someone that's going to believe in your idea when you're in the arts so like you, not everybody that is idea is great you know not every taxpayer is going to be happy about their money being put towards some bullshit art project, you know? <laughs> or, or that's what they think of it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, don't know, I imagine he was just getting money for that. But how I think, does, he, I think uh, he did get it? How does magic uh, translate to an audio show? I, uh... Yes, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. So with the audio show, I figured like my job is going to have to be to explain these tricks. I imagine I'm going to have to explain what the guy's doing because no one can see it. I will also hopefully get them to do something that I can film and put on my uh, YouTube page. I have a Life in uh, the right D- on, Dutch yeah. Hall YouTube channel now. Okay, right on. Which my uh, two Fred Eaglesmith videos are on, and I think I have the – or I'm going to put that uh, Crown the Lion after party. Oh, jeez. Nice, the Mernado. I don't know if we need that on there. <laughs> and I also, or, yeah, maybe if it's a Mernado. And I'm going to put one uh, – there's one with the – it's uh, the ladies' night opening, which is humiliating. It's the worst thing ever. It actually didn't sound that bad on the show, but it, it when you look at it happening, it's this thing that existed in my head. But the reality of me doing it, I put this. Uh, I had a disco ball hanging from the table, right, and then uh, or hanging from the ceiling, and then I I had a like a, a camping light on my head on the top of my head. Okay. So then I'd hit the light on my head, and it would light up the disco ball, and then the whole Dutch hall would be like a disco. You know, like the, uh, yeah. you see the, like the mirror ball going around studio 54. Yeah. And then <laughs> I played that, that free podcast song that I got <laughs> and then I told someone to record it. And then I looked at it afterwards. I'm like, I can't put this up. It's horrible. It's just embarrassing. It's <laughs> you just got to like, put it up. You're going to put out all the golden nuggets of the Dutch hall. <laughs> That's, right? Right. That's awesome. So like if I put out you and Mary with the, with the, the drunken Neil Young song, I'll put it. And I can put that stupid drunk song from Dave's birthday party up. That was in the show. <laughs> that bad cover that you oh, and Mike that did. Awful. 
Do we really have to replay yeah. it? We opened it. I won't put that one online ever. You know? Thank goodness. <laughs> I, just I think, think that's just audio, which is bad oh, enough as it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to say one when thing. When we too. go to see Queens of the Stone Age, we're going to have to like apologize personally. We'll just like shake their hands yeah. and be like, sorry, guys. We <laughs> fucked you over hard. <laughs> we got drunk and forgot how to play your music. Hey, yeah. you know what we haven't done yet, guys? Feedback. Which we have to do? Feedback. What? Feedback. We got feedback. <laughs> you hear Adrian laughing. So we're at the end of the show. If anyone is stuck this long out with the show, you're going to get to hear feedback. We got feedback. And this is episode 20. And uh, feedback, we got feedback. A lot of people have got back to me. Actually, the sponsorship will get it out of the way here. Our feedback, we got feedback is brought to you by Amazon. You can go on live from www.livefromthedutchhall.com, click on the Amazon banner, and you can buy anything that you were going to buy anyways on Amazon, and a little bit of the money will go to Live from the Dutch Hall. I am currently having a huge fight with Amazon.ca. Amazon.com has been great to deal with, but Amazon.ca has been just kind of messing around with me. Um, and uh, so we're having problems with it, but I still think by the time this show airs, we would have that all rectified i've been on them like a dirty shirt so hopefully we get that all straightened out do they owe you some money yeah they do actually and the 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 sales that have come through from our my listeners who have supported me has not been um getting documented so if you've bought anything on amazon.ca to this point if you want to give me an email at live from the dutch hall at gmail.com let me know what's going on with the if that let me know if you bought something off amazon.ca and i'll ensure that that money goes to the right place um, because I've been having problems with Amazon.ca, but we're going to get it figured out. So, um, feedback, we got feedback this week. We got lots of feedback about Fred. A lot of people enjoyed the episode. As I said before, I don't think there's enough people listening to it for as good as I think the show was. So if you liked it and you would like to help me out, please go on Facebook and just hit share on that episode so it can go out to more people. Or if you want to retweet it, if you're a follower of mine on Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter, uh, please do that. Um, because that would help out the show a lot because that's my main source of marketing. Um, thank you for everyone that gave me the feedback about last week. It was great to hear it, and I think for the most part it has been wildly successful. I always want to thank Ice Girl 60 because she's retweeted absolutely everything I've done, and uh, she's been a great supporter of my show. So I'm going to thank her again. She's up there with the Haitian Dwarf now. She's been doing such a good job supporting my stuff. The Ice Girl. And everyone here in the room has also supported my show from the beginning, so I'd like to thank all you guys for doing all that because... Yeah, it's been really helpful. Uh, the other person that we like to always uh, check in with is our good friend, the Haitian Dwarf, who, uh, Dave, I think you were able to give him the heads up on the Twitter account, or did you say? Yeah, I PM'd him, uh, PM'd his Twitter account and let him know that it was going to be an early recording, so um, if he wasn't stuck to a Velcro wall somewhere, he should uh, get online and leave some feedback early. Well, thank uh, you for so doing we would have it for the show. Thanks for doing that, Dave, because what I did get from him was uh, episode uh, 19. He said five stars, five stars. This is great because he know he doesn't give those away easily. Great interview with Fred. Unfor uh, unfortunate that he didn't mention his extensive tour of Haiti. I did not know that he was doing an extensive tour of Haiti or that he had done one in the past because I don't really, when I think of Haitians, I don't often think of like people that would, uh, that would really appreciate the, uh, you know, the grassroots down home uh, values that Fred Eaglesmith's songs would uh, would, but obviously this man it seems like he's a good fan. He must have seen him on Fred's tour of Haiti. I'll have to ask him about that next time he's on. He said, uh, and then the Haitian dwarf gives me a, a suggestion. He says next time Fred's on, 
Um, convince him to write a song about the hardships of dwarf tossing. So uh, I think that would be good. I think oh, Fred yeah. could do it. If he anyone could, totally could do it. it. If anyone yeah. could do it, absolutely. It would be deep. It would be really like tapping in. I think, you know, like the Bruce Springsteen song from uh, The Wrestler? You know, Bruce that it would be something like that, I imagine. The, the plights of this poor, like, little dwarf that has this, like, bag of Velcro clothes and he just, like, goes into the arena and what lets a bunch of drunk douchebags come and throw him against the wall. You know, that would be a, that'd be a song. That's, hard. That's definitely a hardship. What, are we getting our picture taken? Oh, there we go. We're all in. And so, Haitian Dwarf, I want to just thank you again for the feedback. It's glad to see you're back on board, that you're all okay. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you again. HD. <laughs> Short form. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about in feedback, we got feedback. I put out a, is uh, Mike had talked about listening to the uh, show on his tractor. And uh, now land work is going on. Mm-hmm. And the main thing I think that I find a lot of people are listening to the show is that if you're listening to it on your computer, there's other ways to listen to it. If you have uh, your phone, your handheld device, if you have an Apple product, iTunes or Apple has a great podcast app that you can get on your phone, on your iPhone. Uh, it works really good. I also have a Live from the Dutch Hall app for iPhone. Um, it's okay, too. You can always download the app, the Live from the Dutch Hall app. I personally like the podcast app better. So if you download the podcast app, then you can download our individual episodes when you have your Wi-Fi at home so you're not streaming them and not paying for streaming. And then you, once you have it downloaded onto your device, you can play it in your car, you can play it in your tractor, you can do it wherever you want so that you can listen to it uh, as you're driving around. Uh, if you have an Android, I find that the best app that I see for Android is uh, Podcast Addict. It seems to work really well for Android. And BlackBerry, if you're still rocking one of those old Blackberries, um, <laughs> what I would say you mean, is... You mean the, the old one that came out last year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the new... I've seen that. Have you seen the new one? It's, I think no. it's... it's well, I, I, uh, it seems like a joke. It's that bad. I had the Q10 briefly. Yeah. It's not a bad. I mean, it's, it's not a bad phone. But anyways, the the only BlackBerry app I could get to work really well that we can download an episode was called B Pod, and it worked okay, but it wasn't the greatest. But uh, if anyone knows a better BlackBerry app, let me know for podcasts. But they all work good. And the very last thing I want to talk about, I've mentioned it on Facebook. Um, oh, I do have an Android a- uh, app that's being designed right now. So I, as soon as I get that app finished, I'll let the Android. Um, uh, users know about it so that they can download that for their phone. But um, the last thing I want to talk about, I mentioned on Facebook, is that we're looking at doing a shop tours, live from the Dutch Hall shop tours. We're going to be going around um, shop to shop and doing a, occasionally a show on the road where we go to someone else's shop. The pr- p- Part of the thing, everyone asks me what the Dutch Hall is all about, and I always tell them, I don't know. It just <laughs> is what it is. It's a bunch of guys getting together, shooting the shit. My dad always says that to me. He goes, this show just sounds like a bunch of guys talking. I'm like, that's what it is. That's it exactly is. what that's it is. exactly what it is. <laughs> I said, I'm doing it right if that's what it sounds like, because I'm trying real hard to make it sound like guys are just sitting around talking. It's about, so. yeah, it's about everything and nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody always says, you should record what we just said, and that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, think, it's, I think it's great. So there's a, there's a whole culture of people that sit around their backyards or their back shed or their garage or their man cave, which I hate that word. It's like... Yeah. It's like an asshole. Eh? It yeah. seems to me a man cave. A I don't like it. But but uh, for uh, but it, people have these places where they go to get out of their house to ha- to get together with their friends and usually shoot the shit, like chew the fat and just talk about things. And a lot of what we talked about, what what actually in the Eaglesmith episode, he was really geared up about was the fact that he wants the he likes he, what he liked about D- life from the Dutch Hall 
was the fact that it was kind of getting back to the part where people get together and just talk about issues. You know, we talk about music. We talk about what's going on in the world. We talk about uh, politics and religion and things that are, really matter, like deeper issues, like how to raise kids and how to be a better person and all the things that really happen that nobody really wants to talk about. It's like that's what people talk about in their little sheds in the backyard when they're having a few drinks with their friends, and that's what they're not watching TV. They're not... The music's not in the background, but the conversation is what's really the star of the show. And this stuff goes on everywhere, all over the place. And I know the people that like this show, generally the same people that do this stuff in their backyard. So I thought, what better way to kind of build our audience and take the show on the road is to get into your backyards, into your garages, into your man caves, if I have to call it that, <laughs> and uh, record a show live from the Dutch Hall from your place. So if you have a good spot, if you have a place where you get together your friends, and you have a night which would work for you, uh, let me know, and we'll see if we can book uh, Live from the Dutch Hall to come to your place and uh, record an episode and have your crew of people that you you do this sort of thing with uh, be on an episode of Live from the Dutch Hall. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me on Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter. Reach out to me at uh, my email, Live from the Dutch Hall, Gmail, or get uh, send me a message on Facebook, Live from the Dutch Hall has a page on Facebook. If you are... Uh, getting my links from my personal thing and you like the show, like it on Facebook because it helps me too from getting uh, getting some Facebook ads if I can get my likes up. So all these things are going to help the show. So I really appreciate everyone that supported me for the first 20 shows and put up with me trying to get better at this. Um, I think things are going really well. I'm excited with the way things are going. So thank you again. And thank you everybody for coming in and uh, helping me out today. Thanks, Dave, Mike, and Mike. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Pete. Yeah, thanks, Pete. 20 yeah. down. 20 down. We'll have to, and we'll do another, probably another 20, and we'll talk, we'll see how things are going from there. So if we look how much I sucked 20 ago, and we're already getting better. So we might get even that much better in 20 from now. So uh, thank you, everyone, again for listening. We'll all see you next week. Hey, eh? take care. We did it. Okay. Well done. I thought you were going to use that. How good. Hello? Is and goodbye. Because I know I've heard it. Sure, Davey. I was looking over and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it was, I looked over.